On August 1st, 1999, Taichi Tai uh, Kamiya Sora Takanachi, Yamato Matsushita, Koshiro Izzy Izumi, Mimi Tachikawa, Joe Kido, and Takiro TK Takaishi are gathered together at summer camp where they find a portal that brings them into the digital world and they inhab and they make <laughs> friends with the inhabitants, the Digimon. <laughs> It is the 19th anniversary of the in-canon universe <laughs> beginning of the Digimon adventure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so... so <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So I'm going to be completely honest. You started that thing, and I was like, what the hell is he spitting out right now? Because <laughs> I was trying to speak Japanese, and I don't and speak then, Japanese. And then there was the Joe Kiddo, and I was like... Wait, what? And then, and then it's, and then it, and I was like, that's the one name that doesn't, wait, what? Uh, and then, and then it continued, and you started going, got pulled in. I was like, yeah. Welcome to Say Report Junior, everybody. <laughs> Hello, Internet. Um, this so is happy. the, this is the podcast where two, uh, friends apparently just troll each other. Two friends, <laughs> I mean, uh, get to know each other. Get to know each other so well that we can cold open a podcast with the Digimon Wikipedia page. Uh, Dude, I'm so uh, happy I'm right one of now. your, I'm one of your host companions, Zach Sarlik, and I am Dale Decker. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Oh man, oh, I don't know man. what that was going around on. There was like a gif going around today on Twitter of just um just whichever one of those names I just said is the main character. Ty. Like just Ty just looking at the calendar and going, it's August 1st. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, so I'm oh. I I I completely forgot that today was the first day. Can you believe it's oh been ni God. 19 years? I know. I remember when Digimon started on Fox because I was, well, let's see, I was in fifth grade. So, like, I just, like, it was on one day before I went to school. And you're like, oh, yeah, here's a new show. Yeah, 1999. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I don't want to tell you where I was in 1999. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's so, so funny. we're both we're both I mean, We're yeah. both running on coffee and Seltzer water. little bits of bits. Oh, man. Oh, I've been God. up since 4 o'clock this morning because I very stupidly offered to drive a friend to the airport, <laughs> which is like, that's like joke 101 for every stand-up is like, oh, yeah, no, driving your friends to the airport sucks. And what do I do? I offered <laughs> to drive a friend to an airport that's three hours away. Yeah, no. In a city I was just in three days prior Ooh. to go see movies. <laughs> yeah, no, that's tough. I mean, at oh. least your your tiredness is a it has like validation behind it. Like I'm just tired. Like it, it just hit. I was at work and all of a sudden just hit me like a ton of bricks, and I was like, I'm about to fall asleep in my chair. This is not okay. And it could be because I watched five episodes of Brooklyn Nine Nine yesterday. Last night, <laughs> but like I still was in bed at a relatively normal time. Like I don't stay up until one in the morning. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Uh, it was weird. It just hit me. But like you, it you deserve to be tired. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so I mean, what you been up to since last week? Well, really, as the guess is the big question we always start with. So. What I've been up to? Hmm. I saw Mission Impossible, Fallout, so, MI6. So I, that, was, that was my possible other cold opening, by the way, was to just start going bum, 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 b
equally as amazing. I want you to know that, like, the Digimon cold open and the Mission Impossible cold open, those would have been dead, like, e- like equal to each other of happiness from me. Um Cause goddamn, do I love the Mission Impossible movie? Weirdly, I have mi- I, I have only seen it. I have I have seen one, two, four, and six. You've for never some reason, seen three. three? Uh, for some reason, I never saw three. No reason. Just like I think it was just because I I don't know. I think it came out at a time. What wait, wait do we know what year was that? Because it was probably what two thousand four, two thousand six. So oh, it's like still um... just coming out of out of high school. I was in my pure. Um, snotty movie phase of my life that I was in for like end of high school into college so I think after like years of Mission Impossible 2 kind of getting slammed even though I really like Mission Impossible 2 but I don't know I heard people say it was bad and so when Mission Impossible 3 was announced I went I don't need to see another Mission Impossible movie (laughs) and then 3 was so loved and then I found out that 4 was being directed by the guy that brought you The Iron Giant and The Incredibles, yep. Brad Bird, that I went, well, I'm going to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, no, I, oh, I freaking love it. I, I can't, I want to talk about Mission Impossible because you saw it too, right? Yes. So yes. I'm excited to talk about that. Um, but the other, the other stuff I did was basically I played Paladins because Paladins was released on the Switch. It was, and, and I've only I've only mildly dipped into the training. So you oh, tell me about Paladins oh, and Paladins. That's great. Switch. It's so much. It's so different than the PS4 version. In my, I mean, I haven't played the PS4 version in a really long time, but yeah, it's like it's way different. And I find myself only playing in death matches now. <laughs> like I don't like the payload or the King of the Hill modes at all. Um, and it's is like that just different... because of bad team coordination? Like yeah, deathmatch is just know. so it much just... more. Yeah. I just uh, it, honestly, I wasn't good at them, so I just moved on to the thing that oh, I was good go. at. No, no. Um, but no, it was just it was just felt different, um, and it it like wasn't. I think the maps might be different too, or I'm just not. I just don't remember them as well as I did. Um, but it was also like. The other th- weird thing is I talked about Pip and I talked about how obsessed I was with Pip one other time and he's not a free character on the Switch version and I'm so, so upset. I but- did abs- I I should have I should have but I did not do any research whatsoever into this. When you got it for PS4 originally, did you pay for it or was it free to play? No, it was a uh, free to play. So Free to play. Okay. So free it, it's like a pay as you go kind of thing like if you if you want to right. spend money you can uh but it was like that freemium kind of thing it was right. also apparently in beta but i i never or like early access or yeah, something, or something like that, like where, that. Like, yeah so, so i wonder how much of that like I, I wonder if like i went on to ps4 and loaded up paladins right now like as a brand new fresh player there how much closer it would look to the switch version than the version that you started with. I imagine probably pretty close. Cause like I said, I yeah. haven't touched the new like updated version on the PS4. I was still playing in the beta and then like, I just stopped playing when summer came around. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it was, it's weird that, and like, I kind of want you to start it on PS4 so I can see because right. to me, like if I just start it, 
if it's the same characters, then... Yeah, I would imagine that at the very least they would allow you to keep the stuff, whatever yeah. you had unlocked for the beta. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so. the beta, like like I said, it opened up with, like, six characters you were able to play as. And then if you bought the, like, Champions pack for 30 bucks, you got everybody. Right, and, and when... When yeah. Paladins first showed up on the Switch eShop, the Champions Pack was all you could get. Mm, it was actually yep. the Champions Pack at first while they tested their servers there, exactly. and then the free-to-play launch. Yep. So, yeah, and it's yeah. it's really cool, though, because now they've added new characters, and some of the characters, like, there's one guy who I don't think ever was a character when I was playing it on PS4. He, like, uses stars, kind of, in a way. Like, he uses, I don't know, like, Ash astronomical uh, words um like astronomy <laughs> powers in a way and hmm. it, i could be crazy but that's what it looks like and what it sounds like from the descriptions of his moves um uh, but it's like super cool it's he's like so cool so cool um but yeah pip pip i was very sad when i could not play as pip and i think i sent you a picture of me being <laughs> like did. No! very sad um but but Every day there's a daily reward if you log in and you can get money and I can buy Pip now if I want yeah, to. Yeah, I mean it was very clear with, when I when you loaded it up. Currency, yeah. Yeah, it was very clear when you loaded it up that it was like almost everything is unlockable. Mm -hmm. Like definitely the heroes because those are going to change the way yeah. you play. Like gameplay stuff is all going to be unlockable as you go, and yep. it's all mostly cosmetic stuff that they're keeping behind the the money stuff. Yeah. Much like I mean, Fortnite is a lot the same way, even though Fortnite really there's no character difference between anything. Exactly. So yeah, uh, which which like I'm okay with because I'm okay waiting to get the money, and that's actually more fun too, in my opinion. It's like oh, and it makes the game last longer. Right. Like I actually care. Like I act literally, legitimately care about the character of Pip. So I was like diehard playing and like getting the money in game currency. It's basically just like quests in any other game where you need right. to get money in order and it, and it to get like something. And it sounds like it's balanced well. I think um, yeah. the oh, kind yeah. of the other the other spectrum to this is when Battlefront Two came out a couple of years ago now, and like the number of heroes and unlocks were locked behind so much money that you had to play like between 40 and 80 hours yeah. for some of the things just <clears throat> to unlock one thing as opposed to something like this where it's like you're getting like you said they're handing you stuff every day mm -hmm. just for logging in mm -hmm. so like they've they've pulled that model much better they pulled that off in a much better way and there's there's like there are two different types of currency there's so there's coins and then there's like diamonds or something and you get coins faster than you get diamonds, but there is a daily reward. Like the last two days of the week are diamond rewards and you don't have to do anything except log in for those days. <laughs> and that's pretty easy <laughs> just to get your diamonds up. I mean, right. There are characters. I think Pip is one of the cheaper characters. He's only like, I, I don't know, 15, 15,000 or 1500 coins. I think it's thousand. Um, but like there are other characters that are like sixty thousand, but still, it, it when you're first of all, you still have characters that you can play as, so it's not like you're like, oh, I need this person. Oh, oh. Right. I mean, you're playing every day. You're presumably exactly. getting yeah. you're getting coins as you play, not just from these yeah, daily rewards. I, so like, I didn't realize no. like like I started I started last week when you texted me or I think you told me about it or, um, and. 
I started and like in two days I was ready to buy Pip. I just haven't because I'm trying to see like if I can get Pip in someone else, that would be good. That's like time well spent in Paladins because I right. can unlock two characters, you know. So, yeah, I, but I was so surprised. Like it felt like no time had passed, but I was already uh, ready to buy a character. So it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Fast. I'm glad that that yeah. feels. Yeah, I'm glad that is like a previous fan like that still feels mm-hmm. like it's it's not it, it doesn't feel like you got screwed by no. switching over to switch and losing access to characters you had access to no. not that the other part of that is you could also always just go back to playstation exactly and play. exactly yeah. i mean like i also i realized i was kind of sad because i haven't been playing my playstation that much and i've been playing more on my ds and my switch but someone at work actually kind of helped me realize this but it's like it's because it's summer and like summertime is the time for portable games Whereas yeah, winter is the, is the console time. It's, it's also <laughs> just like, yeah, because all of the, the major console releases for like PS4 and Xbox and stuff are coming out at the holidays. Exactly. And early and early and end of year stuff. Summer is the time for the backlog of mm-hmm. things. If you've got that, it's also for like small indie stuff that's coming out, uh, which I'm waiting for. There's one game coming out soon. I think it's this month called Donut County um, from Anna. You know, Annapurna from film. Right, the Anaperma pictures, I think it is. They did, um, um, I want to oh. say they did like Zero Dark Thirty. Oh, okay. And some other, a bunch of other like big, like indie art house stuff. Um, so last year they got into video games like oh. out of nowhere. They just, they showed up at like E3 one year with a booth and were like, yep, we're into games now. Um, and the first game they, they did when they came out the gate is a game called, uh, What Remains of Edith Finch. Oh, it is, yeah. I wanted yeah, to so play that so that bad. Is a, that is a beautiful, beautiful game. I'm not going to go much into it because it's a narrative game, so I don't want to spoil anything, but you are a, a young woman that comes home, comes to her childhood home, and the way the house is structured is this very, like, Harry Potter, Dr. Seuss-ass way the house has been built, where they just keep putting, they just keep um, building onto it as, you know, kids are born. Um, and then also, as people die, they board the, do- they board the, the rooms up. So they have to keep adding to the house because there's no one reusing rooms. Mm. And so you're basically exploring the house and seeing like your family history and stuff. Beautiful game. So one of the other games that they just announced that they announced the last year or two years ago is called Donut County, where you play as a hole in the ground. Oh. And you're going what you do is you just oh. scoot around this adorable little world with like raccoons and yep. you're like there's raccoons and, and badgers and all these other woodland creatures and you just go around and you swallow up anything that you're big enough to swallow up and you get bigger as you do that and it goes into like what where, where are these things going as you swallow them because it includes people so like where, where what is going on with and these people that are now stuck in the hole Doesn't the hole <laughs> get bigger and bigger and bigger? And it's yeah, as it's it, essentially just it growing, 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 growing. <laughs> Yeah, is it? it I, I think a friend of mine uh, was showing me like Game Grumps or someone was playing that. I don't know. I don't watch those guys, it's but been, yeah, they were playing been, something about with like a ball, and it's like a limp ball. It's like the same concept. Uh, they might have also been playing Katamari, which used to be oh. a big game on like PlayStation I and think stuff it like was that, that, where it was. Yeah, where that Katamari was, you roll things around, and as you kind of collect things, those get bigger and bigger yes, and bigger. Okay. And you're just trying to get the ball to a certain size in the time limit. So this is like kind of you know spiritual successor to that, but on a much smaller scale, like yeah. in wise. Is it a but, mobile game? Uh, I'm not sure what it's coming out on. I know it's coming out on like PS4 and PC and stuff. Okay. I would imagine it seems small enough that it would come out for like 
uh, like iPad at least. I doubt yeah. like on a phone it's going to work very well, but I mean yeah, on a no, tablet I, I think it would. I only but, ask because I've like seen the ads on like Instagram and stuff where yeah, it's like a little pig face going around eating them. Yeah. Yeah. So they've they've been um because they've they've been pushing it the last like two years mm. as I think it was announced like two years ago in the last like year or so they've been really ramping up and sometime this month that comes out. So awesome. Um, yeah. Whoa. Sorry. It's storming outside. Oh. Oh, just, oh we just Ooh. had a major. We're in monsoon season here in the oh, desert. No. So every every afternoon it pours like crazy. Crazy. We just had giant, giant hail storm earlier today. Oh, so. God. Wow. Oh, yeah. Well, that's exciting. But anyway. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, that's pretty much my week. And then I played a little bit with the new characters in Kirby. That's really it. Yay. <laughs> um, um, let's see. I, I've been. I've been continuing my Nuzlocke run. Quick Nuzlocke update for everybody. Mm. Uh, my Squirtle died. No! Uh, <laughs> uh, I currently, currently I have a Beedrill that's like my longest living thing. Nice. <laughs> um, I don't know how it's lasted this long. Uh, so what and is I your, just, what's your let's team? See. I want to know My team right team now is, is a, my team right now, because I only have six Pokemon, is a Beedrill. Nice. A Magikarp that I just, for the life of me, cannot get to freaking grow into a Gyarados. <laughs> nice. I know it's getting there at level 20. It's just that it's a, such a useless thing. It's such a useless character because it learns tackle. Like, that's a thing. Like, for those of you who have never played a, a, a Pokemon game, literally every Pokemon game has this. There's a, a Pokemon called Magikarp, and when you get it, it is always at level 5 out of 100. And it can only splash around. And splash does literally nothing. Yep. You click splash, and the little dialogue is, it splashes around and does nothing. And so... It's great. And eventually, so, so literally, and the only way to grow this thing is really to just, like, start a battle with it and immediately swap it out. Just yep. endlessly. Switch until training! Level, you gotta do that switch until, training. Like, until level 20 when it finally grows. I mean, eventually you get games that allow experience that have the experience share thing leaf green does not have that yeah, because no. yeah red and blue did not have that and so oh my god it has been such a slog to just keep growing this thing and growing and eventually it learns tackle but it's like tackles like the weakest freaking move in the game yeah. so it it might as well know nothing still you know what's so, so weird yeah is when like other pokemon know splash and it's like why 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 do you know splash too because, you're not helping wanted to share in magikarp's pain <laughs> um so beedrill magikarp uh Firo, yeah Firo. so the, the spiro okay. grow the yep. spiro evolution the um spiro grow spiro grow uh, <laughs> the spear grow uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. A doe duo. You might be noticing that it's a lot of birds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> doe duo. Um, a Vulpix. Caught a yes. Vulpix, which was nice. Yes. A Vulpix that that doesn't know Ember. For some oh. reason, I caught it at I caught it at like such a weird level. So normally it learns that early. Like I've yeah. run into lower level Vulpixes that already know Ember, and somehow I caught one at a high enough level that this stupid computer Vulpix like forgot Ember for another move. I think. <laughs> like. <laughs> So somehow I, I don't know how that happened. How um, dare you, Vulpix, learning your own, getting oh, your own levels? And I just got a um, Eevee that I I raised yes. into a, a, a Vaporeon because yes. I needed a water Pokemon since my Squirtle died. So oh, don't don't. But now, but now you yeah. have Vaporeon. Vaporeon. Yeah, awesome. I didn't know this, but Leaf Green just gives you an Eevee. Leaf Green and, and Fire Red just give what? you an Eevee. There's what? like a there's a building in Celadon City. 
It's called the Pokemon Mansion. And if you go in the back door and just go to the roof, there's just an Eevee what? that you can pick up. <laughs> 25, level what? 25 Eevee just in a ball. Oh, there's okay. A guy in the room. There's a guy in the room where if you talk to him, he's like, oh, I can. I've got, I left notes on the board of all the 50 TMs. Has nothing to do with this Eevee that's sitting in the freaking Pokeball. Just walk up to it and grab it. And it's just like, like, it, like it's an item in the world. That's amazing. And it's just like, hey, you've collected an Eevee. Do you want to nickname it? Sure. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> Did I just so, steal this from someone? I guess. I don't know. So that's I took so it, weird. And then I, I never knew that. And there it is. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so that's, yeah. So there's my six Pokemon. I get, I, I lost two of them to you. Thank you very much. Hey, I lost, hey, you know. I lost a pit. I lost a Pidgeot. And um, I think it was my Squirtle to, to you. <laughs> So, <laughs> you know, you know how I do, you know, because I think because I, I, I think I had no other because I think I had no other choice because everything else was too low a level. I wasn't expecting to run into you. <laughs> so so all of my other Pokemon were too low a level and I had to stick my Bulbasaur out and your Ivysaur killed me. Oh, like, oh, oh. Uh, Wait, how did you get a Bulbasaur? Oh, no, I no, my Squirtle in your Bulbasaur. Because oh, OK. Because those, this is one of the. Because it's one of those games where, like, the rival always picks the yes, one that's yeah. technically stronger yeah. against you. Well, I thought you. Oh. Said, I thought you said Bulbasaur, and then my Ivysaur came out, and I was no, like, no, "Wait, it was what?" My Squirtle versus your Ivysaur. Okay, that oh. makes sense. That... Yeah. Oh, you so, only had a Squirtle against Ivysaur. Psh, psh. Oh, I mean, it was a War Turtle. Thank We're going. You very much. Where, oh, but it was, well, then don't but be the calling it that... Squirtle. Oh my God! <laughs> it was actually called. What did I call him? I think I just called him Water Boy. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I, w I was going to say Water Jet, so Water Boy is bad. Uh, I was going to uh, say something else, but we're going to move so, on. So, um, so, yeah, so I'm still kind of in that weird – I'm in that weird mid-spot to that game where, like, technically I have a gym, and I could probably actually get through it because with, with two birds – and um, that Beedrill, I could probably get right through the, the, the Celadon gym because it's all grass-type Pokemon. No one knows what yeah. I'm talking about anymore if they've never played Pokemon. <laughs> None of this makes sense. No! But I could probably get right through it because it's a grass-type gym. Yeah. But I wanna, I'm trying to level everybody up, and they all keep dying on me when I do that. So, but that's also the the first major like Team Rocket attack thing yeah. where it's like you go underneath the casino, and there's like six or seven of them, and it's the first time you face Giovanni and all that. But I can't go catch a ghost back in the freaking Pokemon graveyard <laughs> until I get the, the scope from him. So ugh, I'm in this like weird spot where I'm not really getting anything done. And I'm just watching my Pokemon either fight really boring battles or die. So, yeah, you got to get potions, man. Oh, man. Up. Yeah, but I can't use them during battle. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, you know what? That's not an, that's not the that's one of the rules that like came later in Nuzlocke stuff oh. is that you don't use items during battle. You only use them afterwards. Oh, so like, especially That's with the introduction ridiculous. of like berries, with the, well, with the introduction of berries and held items, uh, because you get like after generation three, you can start letting them hold stuff. You just yeah. let them hold berries and they'll heal themselves. Theoretically. I forget to do that also because they, they, they like added berries to leaf green, but, only as like random pickup things. They didn't add the bushes. Yeah, that, you can't just yeah. grab them. Right. So, so that's the other reason they keep dying is because I don't use potions and stuff during battle. I decided to do this on hard mode. Apparently. Yeah. No. <laughs> that, why, no. You got. You got to use potions. Even. Uh, even like people who on on YouTube's and uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, the Twitches. You yeah, know, especially when they're they're using they're, they're using them. 
Right, because, again, Nuzlocke has technically two rules, but then, like, later on, people have just been adding to them yeah, to exactly. just make, the, make them a little more exciting now that Nuzlocke's been out for yeah. a while. And so I just, like, immediately have those other rules in my head by default. So, <laughs> By the way, if you want to know the rules, we explained them last episode or the episode before. I think it was last week. I think, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, that's that's been most of my time. I also... Um, so now that I'm spending three hours to drive to the movies, I refuse to see just one movie anymore. Um, I also, although it's not like I was paying for movie pass because I don't think draft house participates in that anyway. Um, well, it's okay that you're not paying for movie, ha- uh, because, movie pass because it's, because it's, it, oh, it's mm, we have some problems with movie pass oh, I heard. in yes. this family. Um, Oh. Yes, actually, go back not only to the this week's episode of Say Report where Devin goes into the current troubles. Uh, mm. I don't know. Many episodes back, many episodes back, Devin like talked about what what movie yeah. path was when it started. Yeah. And now he's here at the end. So there's yep. some nice little bookends there. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, originally my plan was this: I was going to go to El Paso, I was going to go to the draft house, and I was going to see. Um, sorry to bother you because I've heard nothing but great things, and I just had to go see it. And then they had, uh, because Alamo Draft House is weird, they do movie parties sometimes. Oh, cool. Okay. And they were going to play basketball. The, the Trey Parker, Matt Stone, yeah, horse <gasps> film. Uh, oh, my <laughs> Professional God. horse film. But the problem with that was that um, normally it's like 9 bucks to go to a movie there, and for that, for some reason, because it was part of their movie party thing, it was like 15 Oh. And I was like, ah, probably never mind i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna go see mission impossible instead which was still like a dollar more than than usual because it was like opening weekend for it or whatever but i was like i'm still gonna go see that i'll go see sorry to bother you and then mission impossible because that's not a weird combination at all i don't know what you're talking about that's not a weird combination (laughs) i don't don't think so Um, i still haven't seen sorry to bother you and i want so here so so here's the thing I'm not going to spoil anything about Sorry to Good. Bother You. Okay. Uh, um, anyone out there who doesn't know what this film is, um, Keep it that the way. directed by, yeah, d- uh, I mean, the, the trailer, like, I'll give you as much as the trailer has, which is guy gets a job at a telemarketing firm and it becomes this kind of like commentary on like capitalism versus mm-hmm. unionization and stuff like that. Yeah. That's what I'm going to tell you about it. It goes some places, but that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, but the funniest thing about this when I went to go see it was, um, so Army Hammer is in this yes. as as like guy that basically guy that owns like faux Amazon. They're like Amazon stand in for the film. Yeah. Um, and then I go and see Mission Impossible and Henry Cavill's in that. So I got to see the men from Uncle yes! in two very different movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Uh, so, um, it, so it is a good combination. It, it, a good, it ended sense. up being a good combination in the end. It's just very weird to go from like indie movie <laughs> That's like super low budget, like <laughs> just like low budget, uh, low budget indie movie thing to just giant corporate <laughs> Tom Cruise produced action film. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's crazy, but it still worked. I'm happy. But, it still and, worked so, out. <laughs> and so the best and the best thing was so um, uh, is that like this also just in real space also manifested itself because sorry to bother you played in the smallest theater I think they have, which is like three rows. Like there couldn't have been more than 40 people that fit in this theater to watch this, which was like the perfect crowd to watch that. And then to go to um, the mission impossible theater, which was like, you know, their giant theater for the night. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Uh, 
So yeah, definitely if it if it's playing near you, would it however it comes out on digital or DVD, however, definitely see sorry to bother you. Um it's it's uh, weird and uncomfortable and a little weirdly paced, but you know, in that like indie in that indie way where like they, they do stuff that you always let indie movies get away with that yeah. larger movies you'll never let get away with. So oh, I think it's sense. definitely worth it. So awesome. Mission Impossible. <laughs> Oh. Helicopter duel. There Helic- was a helicopter <laughs> duel. I know. Also, spoilers for Mission Impossible. Yeah, everybody. yeah. Everybody, there's gonna be some some spoilers. Um, I I freaking love all the Imp- Mission Impo- Mission Impossible movies. Um, as I said before, but they're just so fun. Like I remember, um, <clears throat> what was it? Ghost Protocol. Yeah, because it went Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, right? Right. Okay. So when Ghost Protocol called, <laughs> no, when Rogue, when one of those two came out, I don't remember which one. It was like a mission that I needed to watch all the other Mission Impossibles. So like it was, it was a time where Devin was like, "Any way you can, you need to watch these." I was like, yes, okay, agreed. And we watched some of them together, but like there were there were ones that I just remember sitting like in front of my TV just being like, "Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I am so into this." And I think I it's funny cuz I remember really enjoying the second movie, but I don't remember what happens in the second movie. <laughs> that's that's like the curse of Mission Impossible's <sighs> entire existence. Yeah, <laughs> because they are they are a free, as a franchise. They, they, it's strange because as a franchise, they are always critically like critically acclaimed. They're always well well liked action movies. They always make money, and yet. I think anytime you talk to someone about Mission Impossible, most of the time they remember different stunts and different yes. scenes, but cannot tell you anything about what actually happened in any of those yeah, movies. Yeah, it's, it's definitely like just the things – it's it's kind of cool in a way, though, too, that the world really does blend together, which like, – And it's, with it's never this like detrimental. Of, it's yeah, never no, detrimental no. to seeing the next one. No, like, because here's, – Because here's the other thing. Uh, I didn't realize this, so I went to go see Fallout. I never saw Rogue Nation. I oh, had okay. no idea that it was a direct sequel to Rogue Nation because they have never done that before. There's no. always been stuff that carried over. Like I saw Ghost Protocol without seeing Mission Impossible 3, and the only real indication of what happened from Mission Impossible 3 is that there's a final scene or something in Ghost Protocol where he's like keeping an eye on Michelle Monaghan to make sure she's safe. That's it. You don't get any other thing about what happened in Mission Impossible 3. You don't need to know what happened. Like, you, you don't need to know anything. All you need to know is that he's got someone in his past that he cannot contact anymore. And then you get to, like, Fallout in, in Rogue Nation and Fallout, and it's like, oh, no, these are, like, uh, one continuous story, which is interesting. Yeah. But they, never, they gave me enough of the background in mm. Fallout that, like, I didn't need to see Rogue Nation. Like, I was never confused. I was just like, yeah. oh, okay, so that's the bad guy yep. from the last one. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't need to know anything else. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it was a direct sequel either until like I came home one night and my mom <laughs> went with us to go see it, and they so they were watching Rogue Nation, and I was like, oh, awesome, and like I still hadn't put it together, and I was like, oh, okay. Wow, good for you, Mission Impossible. <laughs> and and like... part of the reason that I think it did that, I was looking this up with a friend earlier. Um. I should also say, because I, I learned a bunch of stuff from this, here's Zach's 
uh, podcast shout out for the week. Uh, Polygon is doing a new podcast called The History of Fun, and their last episode was all about the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, nice. So, like, I learned a bunch of cool stuff from that. Like, the fact that this entire thing exists because this entire franchise exists because Tom Cruise was like, I want to produce action movies yeah. so I can do stunts, and no producer can tell me not to do it. Yep. Like, that's the whole reason this whole franchise. Like, I thought he might have taken over at some point. No, from the very first one. Oh, these yeah. Are Tom Cruise produced oh, yeah. stunt, stunt vehicles. Yep. Um, but this is the first time that a director has carried over from one movie to the next. Yeah. So this is the only time that someone has has directly uh, directed and written two movies in a row in the series, which is I think is a big reason why they are connected. Because like famously, Tom Cruise is a pain in the ass to work with when he does these things <laughs> because he usually comes in and looks at a script and goes, "There isn't enough death-defying stunts <laughs> for me to do in this. Change it up." <laughs> oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. I I don't know. I, it seems like so, he has so much fun with them, though, too. Yeah, but like, at the same time, uh, like I think like he's getting the same actors back every time. It's, yeah. it's the directors that don't ever seem to want to come back, yeah. but every actor loves playing in these Exactly. Things. Well, it's like I was watching interviews, uh, like, um, it's like S Simon Pegg will, like, tell these stories from the set, and it's, like, stories that are so unbelievable because it's, like, you see Tom Cruise and you don't imagine Tom Cruise pulling pranks on Simon Pegg. Like, you don't – like, how – I you can't think of that. That's not no, a thing that happens, much, that's very but that much happens. A, that's like a George Clooney thing. Like, we know that George Clooney's a big prankster on set. Like, yeah. you, I think that's, like, one of the stories about him. Tom Cruise, I, I don't – I actually don't think about Tom Cruise outside of his movies, really. Yeah, like, so, like, I have no idea how he would be on exactly. set. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, there he pranked. He would turn up the seat warmers on, <laughs> on Simon Pegg's seat. What, what a dad-level <laughs> prank. And like, that's like, not even, like, it's nothing then, offensive. It's nothing painful. No, it's just, it's oh, just like, oh, my seat's a little warm. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he would always play it off like, yeah, you gotta watch the interview because like Simon Pegg's telling it, and it's just like this is not true. This can't. And then Simon Pegg got back at him and just like turned it up way too high, and Tom Cruise was just like, uh, is my seat warm? <laughs> it's just like, oh, and and Tom Cruise would go to the length of covering the light. On the on the on the seat warmers, <laughs> so that you couldn't sit down and, and notice that yes! the seat was. Yeah, yeah. it's like it's like these stories. That's oh. so cool. Like it's so funny to me to hear that Tom Cruise is pulling pranks on set. Like it's just you know, he has fun. He might be uh, a jerk to work with in times, but like at least he's having fun. I know, and then way. like I'm, really watching these movies, and it's just like. Obviously, Tom Cruise is alive. We would know if Tom Cruise died on the set of a Mission Impossible movie before the yes, movie came out. Exactly. And yet, watching these movies and knowing that Tom Cruise is not letting someone else do his stunts, I'm like, I'm like freaking out in my seat. Oh, like, yeah. Tom, 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 don't ride that motorcycle without a helmet, Tom. <laughs> Look at you. You ran into a car and flipped over the car. Your head is there. Um, what are you doing? He, he did... Well, he broke his ankle for uh, during Fallout of filming. Of course he did. Yeah. Was they, it when he fell off the helicopter no. and almost fell off the no. netted 
package nope. attached to it. Nope. Oh, oh that stunt was so that cool. That stunt freaked me out. <laughs> oh. That stunt freaked me out because I went, well, here's where Tom Cruise dies, everybody. <laughs> we've got it on. We've got it here in our multi-million dollar movie. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Um, no, but he breaks. Oh. He there's a they and they kept the scene in the in the movie. Of course, but they he did. like. It's when he jumps off. He jumps off one of the buildings, and like his ankle hits the oh, other building. Oh, is it the building. I'm about to jump out a window scene? Uh, no, 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 no. Oh. It's <laughs> it's like a building to a building, and I don't remember which area, but yeah, he like jumps and it hits his ankle, and you can oh, see it. Man. Like you can, if you're watching, you can see his ankle go Just, backwards, and then oh. he's and then he continues running on the roof, and you can oh visibly God. see that he's limping, and the story he like tells uh, I don't remember if he tells the story or if Simon Pegg tells the story, but they're like, yeah, and he just kept filming, and then he was like, guys, uh, my ankle's broken. <laughs> just, just so and, you know, I haven't like, been able to feel this foot for the last two and, hours. Yeah, like they 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 cut rolling, and he was just like, by the way, guys, I broke my ankle, like just just like that, like just nonchalantly, oh, and then like God. he had to go to the hospital. <laughs> but it's like, and that's some, dude, there's some solid, there's some like Tom Cruise running is yes. in itself. Like Ridiculous. just cinema legend at this <laughs> yeah. point, but there is some solid running from him in this movie. Oh, oh yeah. my god! Oh yeah! <laughs> just so, like I mean... just up over the building, across the building, yeah. down on the street, right of the thing, and then of course he still has to jump and catch the bottom of the elevator yeah. and just hang there. Yeah, that was <laughs> like, crazy. Oh that my god! That whole and, scene was. And Henry Cavill is just amazing. like Mike Myers. Is this like Michael Myers, Frankenstein, just like? heavy stomp walking yeah. into what he's doing. Mm -hmm. No no exertion from him whatsoever. He just is just walking, 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 just turns around, closes the elevator. The next thing he knows, there's Tom Cruise hanging from the elevator <laughs> underneath him. Which is such a nice scene. That scene is so good. It's just I, I, I like, can't... dude. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah, and Harry crazy. Cavill is so good in this movie. Oh, it's yeah. just like this big tank of a dude who yeah. <laughs> just like stoically walks into a room. Which like in either... like, <laughs> like let's oh. talk about that for a second. The thing I really like about the Mission Impossible movies is they're not they're so easy. Oh yeah. Like oh, they minute didn't try one. Minute one, all. I'm like, so I so uh Henry I can't pronounce his last name. Cavill. <laughs> Even though you've been saying it. I'm like, Henry Superman. Cavill's bad. Su so Superman's Superman, a bad guy. Like, you're <laughs> a bad guy. You're a hella bad guy. They didn't um, even like like the second he handed that freaking cell phone over to well, Angela yeah. Bassett, and it's so very clearly not, not the, the same, same cell phone. Yeah. Because this one is not shattered to bits. Yep, yep. I went, oh, there you go. Yeah. Never mind. I don't mean, even have to try. <laughs> like, I mean, I saw, I saw the trailers. And I'm like, well, clearly he's bad. But then the movie starts, and I'm like, oh, maybe he's not. Like, maybe that's, that's really you start nice. To think that, you start to think that like the movie was marketed yeah. purposely to make him look like yes. a bad guy when he's not. Yeah, and all exactly. Of this stuff. And like, maybe well, because... he is just doing his job. And the problem is that this movie is made to give you the evidence that Ethan Hunt's the bad guy the whole time. Yes. And then the only reason you know that that's not true is because you've been watching Ethan Hunt for 25 years exactly. through these movies. Like... Yeah, and it's, it's also like, it starts off and he's so, he's so clumsy. Like, he's so... Oh yeah, he's such a not, meathead. Yeah, <laughs> like there's that there's that part where he doesn't know what to do with his um like the their suits when they're jumping. Just like and just he's like, like he's handed this piece of equipment, yeah. and the first thing he does is tear it apart. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like oh, what's this hose do that's attached to me? Yoink! Yeah. <laughs> like it was just he he was so 
Yeah, he was so clumsy and then so cocky. And then it's just, okay, so he's just a bumbling idiot. But no, he's a super evil guy who's still slightly a bumbling idiot. <laughs> he's still like, like, he's, like let's, not, let's be clear. He still is just going to walk into a situation exactly. and punch his way out of it. Exactly. That's not, he's not a nuanced character. Yeah, and it's so good. And I'm happy that that phone scene happened so quickly because I did not need to be sitting there the whole time. Like an other, a non-Mission Impossible, like crazy adrenaline junkie like action movie that you wouldn't have found out he was the bad guy until like act three but knowing it front like front and center right from the beginning it's like good i don't need to think anymore like i can just enjoy what's about to happen i just want to i just want (laughs) to watch them i want to watch them fail every step of the way until something finally works because that's like they because i mean as as much as i'm making fun of Edward Cavill for walking in and just like punching his way out of things. The other part of that is there isn't a single plan in this movie that goes off well. No. Like, no, I mean, I think it's just like emblematic of most of Mission Impossible movies, but I just love that idea that like every they are com- continuously forced to imp- like, well, obviously it's scripted, but yeah. improvise as characters because like nothing goes right for them. Yeah. Nothing yeah. works out that, for them. And sometimes which... that's on purpose, and sometimes it's because they just. They just get unlucky. They just get screwed up. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. that's so cool about these movies, too, is, like, they are very capable, capable, but they're still human beings. Like, right. These are, not, these are not Ocean's movies. Exactly. These are not Ocean's 11 movies where, they, exactly. where everything goes off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. It is, it's, it's well, yeah. shit. It's, like, the best tagline like, for most of these yeah. movies. Yeah. It's, seriously, it's just, and then, and then... It's cool when, like you said, sometimes the stuff goes wrong on purpose. It's cool getting to that realization, being like, oh, my God, you guys are, you have, like, levels upon levels upon levels in this mission. Like, that's super cool. And it's also cool that their action movies are mixed with heist films. Oh, yeah. They're always, like, like, yes. It's, it's so, because it's, and I, and I think of, like, Rogue Nation, where they're doing the whole water scene, like where they have to go into the water area to get to change out the security clearance part, right? And it's cool that they show them, they're explaining how they think they should could do it, how they can pull it off, but it's paired with them actually going through the motions, but them being like, that wouldn't work, and showing why it wouldn't work. <laughs> it's like, this is so cool. And it happens in this one, too. Right, I was going to say, there's a similar, there is a similar scene in this where it's like, what's the plan? Yes. And the plan is you're going to go in there and kill everybody, and it's this big, dramatic thing. And then it rolls back, and it turns out that that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So then when they go in to do the plan, it's, well, I'm not going to let that happen. Time to start improvising, mm-hmm. which is when it all just starts yeah. falling apart. Yeah. And then, and even more, so, like when they trick uh, uh, um, Henry Cavill and to, with the with the with the mask and yeah. Simon and what? We're getting a little. We we got a little crumply there. Oh Hold no! Um, I oh. got. I was so excited. It's okay. You're um, good. Okay, okay. Good. Anyway, Sweet. Yes. Anyways, so when <laughs> first of all, Benji finally got to wear a mask, which made me very happy. Um. <laughs> He got to do it like twice in this movie, 
which is great. Yes, because he gets to be Wolf Blitzer of yes! all people, and then he gets to be the bad guy. And he's just like, I love that where it's because it played on that idea that they 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 broadcast so early yeah. that Henry Cavill is the bad guy. Yeah. That they were like, okay, so now we're gonna leave him with the other bad guy, and the whole audience is going, wait, but we already know he's the bad. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Yeah. And then it's like, oh. Well, because we, we swapped people without him noticing. <laughs> yes! Yes, that, that's, that is the perfect way to do that so scene good. when your audience so already knows who the bad guy is going to turn out yeah. to be. Like... Oh, yeah. It's just... And the thing, these movies just want to be fun. And I feel like they, there are people out there who are just like, oh, Tom Cruise. Oh, Mission Impossible. Oh, they're so stupid. But yeah, they are stupid. That's kind of the point. Like, they're just supposed to be fun. Right, like we we talked about. I don't even know if it was last week or two weeks ago, where it was like I have I have trouble shutting my brain off to just enjoy a movie. I I didn't have to do any thinking in exactly. this movie, and it was so great exactly. to just like sit back and just watch it happen. <laughs> it's like I yeah I don't know. They're just they're just so they're some of my favorite movies, along with like the Ocean's movies. But Mission Impossible, if Mission Impossible is on, I'm watching it. I don't care what's what's happening. Mission Impossible will be on. It's it's just one of those movies. Oh man. And yeah, uh, it's yeah. <laughs> I also like that it feels like a comic book. In a sense, because they're dealing with things that are real, like nuclear nuclear power and like nuclear bombs and all of that. Like that's real. But it happens in such a supernatural, like, super, like, superhero world situation where it's like, yeah. Or or even, I think it's in the third one where they have the virus and they're like, we're going to release this virus and kill off half the population because of overpopulation or something like that. And money. And money because we can make money off of the, cri- off of the cure. Of course. And it's like, that is such, that is such a superhero, like, a, like... That is it's a... like so over the top of this yes, idea. Yes. Like, yeah, because it's like, like... like the bad guys are just like, oh, we're going to set off bombs in just the right places that it's going to. It's 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 Watchmen. It's we're yeah. going to just we're going to make everybody suffer so that they come together and like and like make a better world because of that suffering. Yes. It's it's Thanos. That's Thanos entire That's, plan. Yeah. I mean, I was going to bring it up. I was going to bring it back to Thanos <laughs> where it's like, yeah, we. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's like kind of sound thing, but you're doing it wrong. <laughs> this is wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it feels so over the top, so comic book. But at the back of your mind, you're like, this could actually happen because right. this it's- is real stuff that exists in our world. <laughs> and I think a big part of that is that they don't do a lot of CGI stunts. Like yeah. it is so, is also practically done that it's just like what they're fighting over is not, is, is, is this big kind of comic booky over the top thing, but everything is happening in these like small practical spaces and like tight spaces. So much of this movie is like underground. Yeah. In like in like it's them That's yelling cool at each too. other underground, or then or even the helicopter duel, which is like the biggest stunt in the whole thing. It's all tight shots of them in the helicopters. So like there's only a couple of big shots where you see these two thing these two helicopters going around each other. Otherwise, it is just. Like a tight shot of him trying to figure, like quote unquote, figure out how to fly this helicopter because 
Tom Cruise is a Which, freaking like, pilot. Wait, I also on, love that you've never flown a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, okay, okay. So I kind of know what this does, and I kind of know what this does, and I know if that's blinking, it's bad. Let's go. <laughs> and then he goes and tries to drop the payload on him and misses. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, I know yes, that. Perfect. And then Harry Cavill gets this giant gun and just starts shooting it at him. <laughs> so good. When that pale, it was great because I feel like those movies are designed for like the audience member to get the same idea that Ethan Hunt gets at the same moment. Cause like you, I mean, that's generally how movies are set up, but it feels more so with mission impossible. It feels very organic like, in this where it's yes. just like, Oh yeah, no, you should do this. But and the next thing he's, it's like, he's doing is, exactly, Oh, how do I drop the payload? How exactly, do I drop the payload? Exactly. Yeah. Like as soon as I saw that, I was like, you need to drop that on them. You need to do that now, Ethan. And, and you the, need to do that now. Is, like, you look at that and your mind goes like a thousand different places. Because yep. in my head it was, oh, he's not going to drop it on him. He's just going to like wrecking Ram ball the them. thing into this other helicopter. Nope, he's going to try and drop it on yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I saw her, I was like, he needs to drop that on them. Then he'll win. And then he's like, <laughs> all right, how do I do the payload? How do I do And then he does it. And I'm like, With the yeah! Giant, the giant label that says payload, payload. on it. <laughs> I was so happy that like my idea was gonna happen and then he fucking misses like you said it's just like dude it was right there you had it you had it buddy you had it (laughs) oh man and yet so far away (laughs) so good though oh man I don't yeah I want them to continue making Mission Impossibles for for forever. <laughs> I do too, and I just love that like Tom Cruise can't say no to them. Um, Rogue Nation was supposed to be the like handoff to Jeremy Renner. Yeah. <laughs> that like Tom Cruise was like getting too old for this, and so they, and then just like the Bourne movies, someone went. Jeremy Renner, why? <laughs> and then just went right back to being the most, like being the Tom Cruise franchise again. <laughs> Which I feel bad because I still like I think Jeremy Renner does actually really well in these. I think Jeremy so Renner good. is fine. I think what it is is that I don't think Jeremy Renner has, the and Ethan I don't mean this attitude. to be. Yeah, I don't mean this to be rude, but I don't think Jeremy Renner is a charming dude. I think he's a nice dude. I think he's a perfectly fine dude. I just don't think that he's got that like classical movie movie star charm that like Tom Cruise has or or Matt Damon even in the Bourne movies. Like, I get what I you're think saying. There's like, I think that there's like a there's there's just a thing that they bring to it that's like Tom Cruise can make jokes through the whole thing. I don't see Jeremy Renner making making jokes and smiling. I see him making jokes in a much more deadpan way. Yeah. Which I think works if you put him in like a comedy and you make him like the deadpan intense dude that says funny stuff but says it with like a glare in his eye. Mm. But I don't see him coming in and like being super smug and like smiling to the camera and like winking at the audience and yeah, making it no. the way that Tom Cruise does. No. I mean, have you have you seen Kill the Messenger with Jeremy have, Renner? No, I have not. All right, yeah. He so that one Is that the Gary Webb? I, uh, I believe so. Yes. Okay. So yeah. I don't. I remember loving that movie, but I don't remember exactly everything that happens in it. But he's he's the he's a journalist who is like exposing 
that like how dirty it's things uh, are. Iran, it's Iran Contra, I think. Yes. Is the yeah, is yeah. the deal that he's exposing. Yeah. So so it is that. Okay. So but he is so good in that movie. Right. No, and I think he he's a good he's a smug. good leading. No, but and he and he does that kind of he's smug in a way and he does but he's being so serious the whole time because he's like I need to get this done and his jokes are more like I don't know it, it, it's kind of what you're describing from what I remember. And so I totally get what you're saying and it works in that kind of movie. Um, because it is like a serious situation and you're going to try and diffuse the situation with jokes, but you can't be, <laughs> you can't be like right. winking and, also, and charismatic. Like, you have I to say the joke should... and move on. Right. I also so... don't think you, like, I think you put him in, in with Simon Pegg and Tom Cruise and Ving Rhames and all of these people. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. think it, I don't think it works when he's in a crowd of that many people. I think if he's the only one on screen, I think if he's the only one doing it, it probably also helps. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I get what you're saying. If he's the biggest name in the room, it yeah. probably helps. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. And can we talk about friggin' Alec Baldwin dying? <laughs> Oh my god. That was so heart that was Alec so heart wrenching. Just kill him. Heart wrenching too that scene. Like oh. uh, they got yeah, they get real they get real good emotion in oh, these yeah. for, for again for what are ostensibly dumb action movies. They get real good with the emotion in this movie. Like Alec Baldwin dying and all of the stuff with Michelle Monaghan when she's sitting there with Ving Rames trying to like defuse the yeah. nuke. And it's just like, and she, and like they stop, and she just looks at him. And is like, how is he how, doing? Yeah. Like we 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 have mm, twenty minutes to live because there's nothing else we can do until he gets the trigger for the bomb. Exactly. So let's stop and just talk about our like how how has he been? Mm. Because this is weighing on him after twenty five years, which of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, they clearly are like this weird kind of misfit family that genuine generally. <clears throat> like genuinely care about each other like it's always it's always those moments where Ethan like will look at Benji and be like I'm never gonna let anything happen to you and it's like that oh like you don't it's nice to see like these spy people actually showing emotions (laughs) because they're still humans Right. They're like, not the they're not the sociopath that James Bond kind of is. Yes. And has to be in his in his movies. Um they're not they, they're not doing anything to they're not using emotion against people almost ever. They are it's emotion is strengthening us as a team in order for us to go, you know, put on goofy rubber masks and Exactly fighting helicopters and then there's and but there's that line where uh i think alec baldwin says it it's like the reason why i want you and stick with you is because you care about the one life you it's because you care about the one life and you'll fight to protect everybody but you'll you know you will protect you'll choose to you'll choose to help your friend even if it's at even if it seems like it will be at the expense of a bunch of other people because you care about your friend yeah and that shows that you care (laughs) like right you have enough heart in you to do anything that it will take to save the day and yeah it's just it does it really well (laughs) in that sense yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah, Everybody, I mean, love your friends. <laughs> love your friends. And, you know, 
and you'll end up saving the world from from nuclear bombs, nuclear bombs. <laughs> and viruses and you know other other ridiculous and things and philip seymour hoffman's yes <laughs> oh philip seymour i know hoffman. I know. why man why you gotta bring that up anyways <laughs> Um, this has been Say Report Junior. You can find us on YouTube if you search Say Report Junior. Uh, I think up to episode 15 is up now, and I think 16 just finished rendering for me, so that should go up soon. Um, you can find us on Twitter, also at Say Report Junior. Uh, you can find us individually. I am at Zerwiski. And I am at Dale's Brain. I almost thought you were going to say Dale Decker. I was like, that's not your handle. <laughs> Oh I was I was gonna spell it out, but like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> I think it's in our. I think it's in the bio for the yeah the 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 actual Say Report Junior Twitter yeah, handle. Exactly. So you go there and you can find us. Um, yeah. With that being said, uh, we're all gonna go get ice cream. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Sign off. I literally am. <laughs> oh, nice. I have ice cream sandwiches in my freezer. <laughs> cool. Then uh, I think with that, we will throw it off to Liz. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time. <laughs>